Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 92. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing my first ever three-peat guest, Kevin Holish. Kevin is an app developer and founder of The Moment App. The Moment app helps people spend less time on their phones and more time, well, spending more time living in the moment. Kevin's app receives more than 7,000 downloads per day and over 4 million downloads to date. Today on the podcast, a few things that we talk about is how through one minor change this year, Kevin was able to more than double his revenue in his Moment app. Why you should pitch product benefits versus product features and how Kevin and Mandy have paid off close to $100,000 in student debt since they started traveling just two years ago. All right, let's jump into today's interview with Kevin Holish. All right, Kevin, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, Heath. We were chatting before this. You're my first three-peat guest. It's an honor to be uh, a three-peat. <laughs> uh, so we talked back on episode 10. We were parked next to each other in, where was it? It was in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And that, how long had you guys been on the road at that point? I th- we have been on the road about six months, I think. So the November before that, and I think we talked in May or March of 2016. And you guys have now been on the road, like going on three years. Is that right? Going uh, just about two years. Okay. Yeah, we took a, a trip before that in an RV, but we weren't like full timing. Uh, for we've been full time for two years. That was like the pop-up camper trip, the the trip to entice you into jumping into the lifestyle full-time. Exactly. The the trip that convinced us to live this lifestyle and got us hooked on um, camping, I guess. I still think it's hilarious kind of how we've met because, I mean, I mean we've hung out quite a few times now and I call you and bug you from time to time uh, on the phone. And so it's like, but whenever I actually go back and think about how we met, it's it's kind of hilarious because you're the only person I've ever met through this way that I downloaded your app, enjoyed it, and then shot you an email. It's like, hey, man, really enjoyed your app. It was cool. And then you become friends. Like, that's normally not a, like, progression or story of how people become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. A, it is a really interesting story. I mean, most of the people we've met on the road have been through Instagram basically. And for you to have downloaded my app and then emailed me at a time, it was actually before Mandy, my wife and I were on the road and I was sitting on our porch and reading through support emails and I checked out your website and I was like, oh shoot. Cause we had been thinking about full-timing our full-time RVing and we found your website and I read, I think every one of your articles over the next two days <laughs> and you know, I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting way to start a friendship. Yeah, it's just, I think it was good timing on on uh, both parts. So looking, yeah, at, definitely. looking at where you guys are at now, you have been on the road two years. Uh, you've still been growing Moment on the road, which is your iPhone app. And uh, talk to me a little bit about what has happened from the time when we first talked and leading up to like now. Sure. So last time we spoke, Moment was my full-time job, if you could call it that. So it's an iPhone app I developed myself and I sell it in the app store. And Moment was my full-time job and it basically had replaced my freelance income. So I used to be a freelance app developer 
web developer, web designer, that kind of thing. And last time we spoke, Moment was replacing my salary, but it wasn't really growing. I, I wanted to turn it into a, a business sort of beyond uh, myself, um, which has kind of been my, my journey over the past uh, year and a half. So at that point, uh, had you been like coasting on Moment and kind of just letting it do its thing, but you weren't really focused on growing it? Like, what were you actually doing? Um, I would say I was, I was focused on growing it, but I was just sort of working on the wrong things. Um, I guess looking back on it, I was in my sort of programmer mindset of, oh, if I just add more features to this it'll sell more. So I was working on features and developing features and new ideas. And, you know, it, it may have made a, a slight impact on moments growth. So in 2017, I decided to have this crazy goal of doubling moments income. So the past three years before that moment was kind of steadily growing. And it was a, a great living to earn. But 2017, I was like, why don't I try something? Why don't I try to double moments income and that would involve kind of a change of thinking on what I approach for what I should do. So it'd be less, you know, adding features and improving the app and development, you know, stuff I'm comfortable with and more marketing. So I, I focused a lot on marketing partnerships and seeing what I could do inside the app that wasn't necessarily adding features, but, you know, tweaking how certain features were pitched. So that was my goal for 2017, and it's been actually really successful. It's been uh, the moment's best year yet by far. How did you know that what you were focusing on wasn't actually being effective? Because I feel like you could probably endlessly just kind of keep going down that rabbit hole of adding more features and, and continuing to push. So like, what was the point where you're like, this isn't working to just continuously add more features and compile on top of this? That's a great question. I think... For me, it, it was working in that moment was growing, but I wanted it. I wanted to kind of see how much I could scale moment by myself. So, adding features, you know, I, I was steadily increasing my my revenue from it and my income personally. But I, I wanted to sort of experiment with it almost, which so is probably a stupid idea for the the thing that you know pays your bills, but. <laughs> um, I figured why not why not give it a shot because in the past all my previous projects you know to scale it meant um, hiring more people getting more users adding more features that kind of thing so I wanted to try it a, a different way and there there was no point where you were just like this isn't working or I'm not happy with this there was no like discontent moment and you're just kind of like subtly realizing like I, I want to try to see how big I can make this. Yes, definitely. And another big motivating factor for me was being able to accelerate our student loan payments. So me and the, my wife and I are paying off our student loans and I was doing the math and with Moment, what it was making, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, we would have been able to pay off our loans in five or six years, which is great. But I was like, man, like, if I had a lot more money coming in from Moment, that would just go straight to our debt because we live cheaply. You know, our expenses don't really go up. You know, the, the more we travel, I guess they do a little bit, but we're living really cheaply. So any money we make on top of what we're already making can go straight to our debt. That makes sense. So it's kind of interesting because I, I feel like sometimes 
hustling really hard to pay down student debt is counterintuitive to like why we chose this lifestyle because I've I've walked this this mm-hmm. line between those two things where it's like I want to hustle and pay down debt which we just did finish paying off our student debt and but it's also like that also pushes me to feel like I need to work more and work all the time so how is how have you kind of balanced that Yeah so first off congratulations on uh axing your student <laughs> debt that that's Thanks, amazing man. good job I definitely feel you so as as of over the over the past 2 years or so we've sacrificed sort of the exploring and living it up in the places we go in or in favor of working more so we camp in beautiful areas but we still spend most of the day working and that's that's still the case to this day we're we're still in debt um we're making really good progress on it but we're still sacrificing you know exploring and going out to eat in order to just pay off our student loan debt so once we're we're actually really close to paying off our debt probably within four or five months and wow. after that we want to you know explore more and you know take the income we were just shoveling towards debt and take a little bit of that and um treat ourselves a little bit so Andy and I are actually in Michigan right now kind of doing a a two-month road trip and it's been a conversation we've had multiple times about dialing back our work a little bit and exploring Michigan this fall and you know doing things that aren't necessarily expensive um we can go hiking or uh, to a beach or to a lake or something and that's relatively inexpensive um and it's still a, a way to enjoy the places we're seeing if you don't mind me asking how much money did you guys have in debt when y'all first hit the road for student loans ooh good question um I know when we graduated we had about 150,000 between the two of us. When we hit the road it was probably about 100 between the two of us. Maybe it was probably about $90,000. So you have almost paid off six figures of student debt while also traveling the country. Yes, exactly. Almost. That, that's freaking amazing. <laughs> like I I feel like I if I had a, a track where I could just do applause I I would I would press that right now. We're, we we still have debt. I mean, you paid it off. That's, you know, something for sure. That that counts for applause as well. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, double applause. It's so funny that you talk about uh scaling back uh to go and and do more while you guys are in Michigan for these 2 months because when I when I think of people in my life like friends that I have who are really good at prioritizing their or just like prioritizing their life and their work and everything else and how it meshes together like you're you're somebody I look at and I'm like I feel like Kevin has this way more together than I do because I mean you you could have scaled up moment earlier on you said that you had investors who were kind of looking at you and you probably still could you know the fact mm-hmm. that you've got over 4 million downloads on this app and it's continuously I think you said 7000 downloads a day is what you're getting right now it's crazy awesome mm-hmm. and uh so like you could have hired more people you could have reached out to investors to try to make this thing way bigger and really build a big company around it but you prioritized you know your independence and your freedom and so i look at you in the sense that like kevin really has a lot of this figured out so it's kind of funny to hear you say like i need to scale back cuz i feel like you have that together in a lot of ways <laughs> well thank you i'm glad it seems like i have it together but you know all the stuff i'm doing um is is kind of an experiment um and one thing you know my goal with mo 
isn't necessarily to grow it as big as possible. You know, investors and hiring people probably would be the way to do that. But that that's not really my goal. It's, it's definitely the freedom and independence to work on what I want to work on or kind of when I want to work on it, just to have the ability to scale back my work and still have moment continue to, to grow um, even without me touching it every day. So I've actually thought about hiring people in the past, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, an introvert, so I don't know if I'd be the greatest manager in the world. And, you know, my goal isn't to manage a team of people, it's to kind of build a, a software product that I enjoy working on that, that helps people and that um, is enough to support my family. So Moment's done that. And I don't know if getting investment and hiring people is the right way to go for me, although I, pro I would probably grow the business quicker if I hired people um, or got investors, but it's, it's, I, I sort of value the independence over that. Absolutely. With moment, like, was there ever a point where like, at what point did it become clear that you, that you could say no to freelance opportunities? Cause I feel like where we're at, we've now that we paid off our debt, we have a solid financial runway in front of us and we have our first big contract for campground booking, which I'm going to be working on the next mm -hmm. three to six months. And so it's like for the first time, there's a little bit of traction in in the software side of our business. And we have financial runway because of client projects and things like that. And so it's like I feel like mm -hmm. we can take a step back on saying yes to everything because up to this point, it's just been hustling, 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 trying to pay off debt. So at what point did you feel okay with saying no uh, to these other opportunities and just going all in on moment? Yeah, great question. Um, for me, I, I figured out sort of what my pre-moment salary was, so what I was making freelancing, and then I figured out kind of what I could live on. And it was, you know, back at the time, it was something like if I made $4,000 a month after taxes and after, um, you know, expenses, like business expenses, I could live off of that comfortably um, and pay down our debt. So that was kind of my goal. So whenever I reached that with moments income, that's when I basically stopped doing freelance work. So and it was kind of a transition to over probably about six or eight months of, you know, moment making a couple thousand dollars a month so I could take half as much freelance work as I was doing before. So I just kind of treated it like, you know, as the money came in, um, I would live as cheaply as possible to allow, you know, more moment work. But it, it took probably about six months of uh, moments growth to transition to that. Interesting. And then so ever since then, you've really never looked back because you had that kind of metric and you're like, well, was it just that you didn't enjoy client work or this offered you the freedom to keep going down this path? Yeah, it, it definitely offered the the freedom that I, I value so much, just being able to work on, you know, kind of exactly what I want to work on. And I should say, since I've, uh, you know, full been full time on moment, um, I've still done some freelance work. So I did it a, a big freelance project a couple years ago. And someone reached out and it was an idea similar to moment and they already had most of the code written. So I kind of threw out a number way higher than I would have before. And they said, yes, like they didn't even blink an eye. So it, that was too, too hard to uh, turn down. Um, so I, I did, I still do a little bit of freelance work, but I haven't in two years. I just kind of make it 
quick projects that pay very well. No, totally. That makes sense. Another question, a follow-up question. I want to get back to, you know, this whole story of you doubling Moments Revenue and exactly what went mm-hmm. into making that happen. But thinking about, like, you've done a really good job of just diving deeper and deeper into Moment and building that into something that can keep growing and reaching more people. So aside from client work, how have you focused on just going deeper into this? Because I feel like we're we're in this age where... Mm-hmm. You feel like you have to do a lot of things, and maybe that's just me, you know, because we're producing content, we have client work, you know, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and then, you know, building software, but, and I so often feel really spread thin, so how have you focused on mm-hmm. doing less but better? Oh, man, um, I, I wish I had the answer to that, but, you know, I, I say on, I work on Moment full-time, but that's a lot of answering email, um, building features, managing servers. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it that I don't necessarily, and even like business administrative stuff, you know, taxes, accounting, all of that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, don't enjoy doing and that aren't necessarily furthering my business. So I don't know if I have a good answer, but for me, it was just slowing down a little bit. So, I was rapidly trying to develop as many features as I could, get them out there, and hopefully that would, you know, increase sales. But I've taken a, a slower approach over the past um, year or so, and you know, taken my time when I added features and really thought about things before I just, you know, fired. I, I kind of aimed a little bit before I fired. I guess. Has there been other ventures? Uh, again, aside from client work that have like tugged to pull you away from moment? Like, was there ever a tendency to think, okay, moments doing great, it's producing revenue. So let's just keep that on autopilot, maybe find, you know, outsource a little bit of it to keep it going. And I'm going to go work on something else. Or no, has it always just been, I'm going to keep going deeper into this app, because I think there's something there? Uh, Probably closer to the latter. I mean, I've, I've, you know, ebbed and flowed with how much I work on moment. Um, and I kind of mentioned the the two month Michigan road trip my wife and I are doing, I decided to dial back a moment a little bit, but not to work on another work project, uh, just to concentrate on, you know, enjoying fall and beautiful weather and, and hiking and everything. So that's been um, a work in progress for me. Do you ever struggle with thinking that you can't take time off because then you'll be behind and you won't achieve what you want to achieve or because you have these metrics, you feel like you're already hitting them. And I I feel like I have this invisible pressure to keep pushing and go more and more and more. Uh, and I don't even know, sometimes I struggle with even identifying what it is and I feel guilty mm-hmm. for taking time off. And I struggle with that even now that our debts paid off. It hasn't really changed, even though it's only been a couple of weeks. I'll let you know if it does. But how, like, do you do you not have that pull? Do you not have that false little voice in the back of your head that says, if I take time off and go do these things, uh, I'm going to be left behind? I absolutely have that voice. And probably to my detriment, you know, I, I love the work I'm doing. And I, I feel so driven to work on Moment. And it's been my sort of dream to have, you know, a software product that pays my bills and I can work on and do exactly what I want. And I have that now, 
but I still feel this drive to constantly work. And if I take a day off to go for a hike, it's, uh, you know, I, I de definitely still feel bad about it. I think about all the stuff I could be doing or should be doing, uh, mostly the stuff I mentioned earlier, like uh, accounting and business stuff. So it's it's definitely been a, a struggle to quiet that part of my brain, I guess. And it's interesting to hear you say, like, even after you paid off your debt, like you still have that feeling because that's kind of the finish line in my head. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> once I get this debt paid off, like we can, I can relax a little bit, but <laughs> it probably won't be the case. I have a hard time relaxing and turning off that sort of work mind. You know, I can work whenever I want, which, you know, for some people would be not that much, but for me, it's probably too much. So that's, that's something I'm still working on. I'll pay off my debt and then try to enjoy it. Uh, enjoy like a mojito on a beach somewhere um, <laughs> instead of constantly worrying about how I can grow a moment even more. I will say that as soon as we paid off our debt, the next day we booked a trip to Puerto Vallarta. And so we're going in December. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, we had these three gift cards I got from a talk once for like Hilton. And so the whole trip cost us like 300 bucks from points and gift cards. Oh, and so it's our first actual quote unquote vacation out of the RV <laughs> that we've taken since we were engaged. I mean, of course, we've done Maui, we've done Alaska our whole life. There's a sense of vacation mm -hmm. mixed into it. So I haven't really felt like I needed to go out and escape from my life because I, I enjoy our life. But I think this will be a really cool mm -hmm. We're just going to veg out and sit on the beach. So if you guys pay off your debt before then and you'd like to join us in Mexico in December, let me know. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> well, we'll definitely let you know. December might be pushing it. But yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. And to hear you say <laughs> 300 bucks, it's like, man, even paying off that, like we could have probably squeezed that in. But it's a nice uh, reward, you know, to work hard and pay off your debt and then then treat yourself. So I think you're doing it right. Thanks, man. So I want to get back to talking about how you've actually ended up doubling Moment's revenue this year. Instead of trying to focus mm -hmm. on building more features and you've focused on really just optimizing. So you decided earlier this year that you wanted to focus on not adding more, but just, I guess, in, like doing a better job of pushing people through the funnel who download the free app, I guess. How exactly has that looked after you decided you want to start working on this? Like what exactly, what are the steps that you started taking to boost the revenue of Moment? Sure. So... You hit the nail right on the head. So Moment's a free app to download, which is why I get 7,000 downloads. You know, those are all free. So I don't make any money from that. But then there's some features that I sell inside the app that are four bucks and you can pay once to unlock them forever. So that's that's how Moment makes its money, essentially. There's some tangential things to that, but that's the meat of it. And what I did that made the biggest difference. I've, I've experimented with a lot of things, but the thing that made the biggest difference is pitching the, I call them the, the premium features inside the app, pitching those less as like X feature, you know, like, oh, you can set a limit on your phone use, or you can track this, this certain thing this way, or, you know, you get unlock this setting. You know, for two years, I was pitching those as just features inside of the app. And what I did was, zoom out a little bit and pitch the benefits instead. So, you know, it's something I hear a lot in the the marketing and business books that I read, like pitch the benefits, not the features. Right. So now I, I changed the messaging inside of Moment to be use your phone less, be more connected, unplug and relax sometimes. Kind of creating this ideal life after you 
use the the premium features. So that's that's been the the biggest difference maker, and that alone probably would have doubled Moment's income. Just concentrating less on the nuts and bolts and more about kind of the results and the the approach that Moment takes. So the premium features end up saving about uh, an hour a day for the average user. So if you use your phone for four hours a day, the premium features will get you down to about three hours a day. And that's that's powerful in and of itself. And that, that kind of pitches the, you know, be more connected, um, improve your relationships and everything like that. So that, that's what I pitch. And it's, you know, <laughs> it sounds kind of stupid now that I'm talking about it, that an app can do that stuff, but it, it seems to help people. No, absolutely. It, it does help. I mean, whenever I've set the limits on my phone, you know, they just kind of bombard you. And I, you know, it's the moment app telling me, but mm-hmm. I really think of it as Kevin just sending me a bunch of annoying alerts telling me that I'm over my <laughs> daily limit on my phone. So it definitely does work. Was this the first thing that you tried to boost revenue? Was it just like, okay, I want to boost revenue. So I'm going to read like business books. And I realized that it's mm-hmm. the benefit. So was, or was there other things that you kind of tried to do that maybe didn't work? It wasn't necessarily the first thing I tried, but it was kind of part of an approach I took. So what I started doing inside of the app, which I think a lot of people do um, in the software business is like A-B testing. So you test 50% of your users get this version of the app and the other 50% get this version of the app. And it could be as simple as like changing a color, but I changed basically the, the copy inside of the app how Moment was pitching its premium features, uh, when it was pitching its premium features, and how it was pitching those features. So I experimented with that. And that after probably four weeks of just doing that, you know, I had enough people, 7,000 people a day downloading the app. So I had a lot of people sort of running through these little experiments, these A-B tests. And it literally doubled Moment's income in about four weeks. So it took a while to double 2016's income, but it was well on its way about four weeks into it after just these, you know, kind of switching up the pitching the features to the benefits and then a couple of other little A-B tests. Were there other alerts that you set for people once they downloaded the app? Like, did you change up that onboarding process as well? Or was it literally just changing up the language to pitch benefits instead of features and you realize like that was that was the huge kicker uh that was definitely the huge stepping stone but also i do sort of pitch the features in a more personal way and personal i mean um you know moment tracks how much you're on your phone so what i do is after a week of using the app it pops up a little message that says hey here's where you're at compared to every other moment user you know you average five hours a day and the average moment user averages four hours a day. So you're, you know, 25% above that. And you're in like the top 20% of iPhone users and in terms of how much you use your app. So that, that was also, I think, powerful to have people sort of compare themselves and their own phone usage to the sort of global average from everyone using moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure as you continue to tweak the people coming in, you're going to be able to, you know, keep boosting and pushing people through this process. I think it's just insane the number of downloads you're getting per day. One thing that one thing that I have the kind of process that I've taken and just at least with our blog and our email list and things like that, it has just been like push and grow and reach more and provide more value. 
And one thing I don't feel mm-hmm. I've done a great job of is kind of optimizing, like just the process as far as, you know, sorting people through uh, only sending specific emails and messages to people who uh, one are at the stage of, you know, their RVing journey or, or whatever. So can you just talk a little bit about like that mindset as far as like, are there other things that you've done inside of Moment to actually do a better job of, you know, building processes in like that? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think what I mentioned before, kind of the the little experiments I ran those that first four weeks, I really haven't done a whole lot after that. I tried a couple other things and it, it didn't work as well as kind of those first two big steps. And some companies I've worked with in the past kind of over optimize everything like you can really go down a rabbit hole with these AB experiments and optimizing everything. So I, I don't know if I really have any good advice there other than to try things, but don't make that your kind of sole focus. There's there's other things to do other than, you know, A-B testing. Yeah, agreed. And also, I'm sure after doubling the revenue, it's almost like you don't want to, now you really don't want to go in there and screw it up because you're like, I've, I've just doubled the revenue. Exactly. I, it's like gambling at this point. It's not really, it's A-B testing. So Yeah, I, I feel like it's Jenga. This is probably an unhealthy <laughs> frame uh, mindset, but it's like Jenga that I set up and it's like, okay, don't touch the Jenga or pull any pieces out or put any pieces on top. Like, let's just let it roll uh, at least until the debts are, our debts paid off. Then I can experiment a little more. Like I already have, I've already had this conversation with Mandy. You know, I, I talked through all my, my major business decisions with her and, you know, I, I want to change up the business model for a moment. So right now it's, you pay four bucks and you unlock it unlock all the premium features forever. And what I want to do is switch that to a subscription base. So, you know, a dollar a month or something or 50 cents a month or six bucks a year. And that would probably end up with less people buying moment, but it'd be a more consistent revenue. Um, So I don't have to constantly get new users buying these features to make an income. It's just kind of keeping the same user. So I've already had that conversation. So as soon as our debt's paid off, I'm going to blow up the business model and uh, experiment with that as well. But that that's for another day. I'm Dude, I'm, a, I'm excited for that. Because honestly, if I saw a couple of different choices, like if, mm-hmm. I, if I saw one that was like, pay for this app for $4, and or I didn't even see that choice. And I just saw this app is going to be one buck a month. Honestly, that to me is mm-hmm. like, kind of a no-brainer you know i would totally use moment mm-hmm. for a dollar a month and uh I've, i don't know i've heard some interesting conversations around that as far as just the mentality as far as what people pay for recurring revenue and i mean for software recurring revenue is like the holy grail so i'm really really interested Absolutely. to kind of hear what uh what happens there with some of the initial ab testing for sure so transitioning a little bit out of moment um you guys are mm-hmm. doing some other cool things. Like since you guys have hit the road, Mandy's a photographer. And so she has done a really good job mm-hmm. of, you know, capturing y'all's story on it. This is really a totally different conversation at this point. But Mandy's done a really good job sure. of capturing y'all's story on Instagram and, and just uh, sh- documenting y'all's day to day and doing a really good job of that. And as part of that, it's attracted some attention from some big companies in the RV space. One of them being Keystone, who y'all bought a Keystone fifth wheel. And y'all are on a two-month mm-hmm. road trip uh, through Michigan right now in a brand-new Keystone trailer that they kind of just hand you guys the keys and said, you know, go have fun and document yep. your journey, which is really cool on their part. So talk to me a little bit about 
how some of these relationships have started to transpire for you guys because I think that's something people are totally interested in before they hit the road like how can you build relationships with different brands and things like that yeah absolutely so our Instagram we kind of share how we travel and where we travel and we're we're actually inspired by a lot of what you do with your make money in RV group uh, on Facebook you know just, just helping people get started in this lifestyle showing it's possible and then kind of answering some of the nuts and bolts so that's what we try to do on Instagram to a lesser extent so Mandy's a photographer like you mentioned and she does a great job of you know <laughs> essentially taking pictures of our pets laying on the couches and <laughs> In different areas but no it's 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 definitely more than that and it's been amazing and you know the re the response to i think kind of we, we try to share as much of like our daily life as possible kind of the the average day you know not us on you know some epic hike up the rocky mountains because we don't really do that often it's mostly us sitting in our camper at least at this point in our lives so i think do a good job of uh, sharing kind of the the day to day lifestyle, and sharing the the day to day lifestyle and Keystone. Uh, so when we first hit the road, we bought a 2002 Keystone Cougar, which is a fifth wheel, and it's been a, a solid camper. It's been old, but it was cheap, which was uh, important to uh, put money towards our debt. And you know, since then, M Mandy's taken photos of the Keystone in, you know, beautiful places. And uh, Keystone actually reached out to us probably five months ago and said, like, hey, like, we like what you're doing. Would you be interested in uh, trying out uh, a brand new 2018 Keystone Cougar? They kind of did a major revision of the Cougar, the, the interior and the exterior. So they wanted us to try it. And, you know, Mandy and I hesitated at first because we like to own the thing we live in, <laughs> in in kind of a weird way. It's it's nice to just, you know, if if moment stops making money, if everything stops, like we still have our home and we can live cheaply off that. So that's a nice feeling. So we're hesitant to take this brand new shiny thing um, on a road trip. But it's um, it's been a, an interesting experience. We kind of said yes, because it made us uncomfortable you know we weren't sure how working with a, a big rv company would be and actually the thought of towing around a brand new camper too uh was a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable you know if we hit uh, a tree or a road sign in our old one it's it's not a big deal i'll just you know paint it white or whatever <laughs> but this is uh a, I'm, I'm sitting in the new one right now and it's nerve-wracking to tow but it's it's been a an interesting experience for sure yeah, in, in some ways, it's almost like adding a client. I mean, even though there's not really any clear deliverables, exactly, yeah. but there's also, there's just that thought in the back of your mind, like, oh, I should be documenting. I should be taking photos of this, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and that, that was kind of part of our deal with Keystone is, you know, they, they wanted to see us in the camper and give them feedback on, you know, young full-timers using this because that's probably not their typical market for this exact fifth wheel anyway. And another part was creating content for them. So I didn't really even know this, but for an RV company to take photos of their rig in some beautiful camping scene, it, it probably costs them, you know, $10,000 for a photo shoot to absolutely have the unit towed out to wherever it's going, you know, paying people to go up there, hotels, travel expenses, flights, if there are any. So the 
amount of money that goes into a shoot like that. Whereas Mandy and I live on the road and we, we travel to beautiful places kind of because that's where we like to be for us to take a rig there is essentially free. It costs us diesel fuel and to take photos, you know, Mandy has all the equipment. So it, it turns out to be very like cost efficient for these RV companies to sort of have professional photographers who are living this lifestyle take photos of of the new rig. I mean, you sort of, you did exactly that with Winnebago. So it, it's it seems to be, you know, kind of a, a smart a shrewd business move on their part and you know you as the the full-time RVer can travel a little bit yeah I mean well Winnebago didn't give us a new RV so that would have been legit I would have much preferred that than buying one uh but yeah I mean we have done similar work and I mean we just did the video shoot for the new 4x4 Revel out in Colorado and I can yeah it's, it's expensive to bring a crew out there we kind of did the complete opposite for that because we had a paid crew that came out to do all these video assets and things like that but now they're doing an influencer tour with Kyle Kesterson who I just did on the interviewed on the podcast and a girl named Kathleen from Van Life Diaries um she has a huge following in uh, Tiny House Tiny Footprint and so yeah I mean they Mm -hmm. basically just took a couple rigs cross country they're going to Nashville and I think they're going to the Overland Expo and so it's kind of cool because they're just documenting their journey along the way and they get free access to this new RV. Winnebago gets feedback. So there's like, there's value on all different mm-hmm. edges. And, uh, but I think for me, kind of one of the takeaways from this is by documenting your story in a creative way through photography, through providing value for people that you can open up and snag relationships with companies whose products you really like. And it creates beneficial mm-hmm. opportunities on both sides of the coin. Uh, so I just, to me, that's kind of what I take away from this. It's like, if you're documenting your journey, whether that's through blogging, podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, whatever, and doing it in a cool, creative way, it just kind of opens up some, some very unique opportunities that are, that are fun. And maybe you end up on a road trip in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's certainly worse places to be. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, where can people connect and learn more about you and Mandy and moment app? You can find Mandy and I, mostly Mandy, although <laughs> Mandy makes me write comments on Instagram sometimes. You can find us on Instagram at 188SQFT, and you can find Moment in the iOS app store. If you just search Moment, it should be the first one to come up. And if you go to the inthemoment.io, uh, you can find Moment informational Moment there and my emails at the bottom if you want to email. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Heath. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with Kevin Holish. You can find Kevin over at inthemoment.io and over at 188 square feet on Instagram. Uh, Kevin and Mandy are amazing, and they're actually going to be two of our speakers for the upcoming RV Entrepreneur Summit. So if you're interested in coming to Texas and getting to meet them and hearing them speak, I think we have like 14 tickets left for next year's summit. So you can go online to therventrepreneur.com and take a look at those. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.